Look at that sweeping zoom. That's high tech shit. Hey everybody, welcome to the Awkward Silence program. Um, this is uh, this is the show. I'm Brian Malik. This is Brant Tobler. I'm awkward. There, all right. Was, <laughs> it is. And look, standing room only. We got yeah. another one coming in. People are just pouring them in. out. Uh, this, of course, uh, the uh, the only show that takes you from the spotlight into the green room with some of your favorite stand-up comics, as well as some of the best undiscovered talent here in Las Vegas. If you're watching us live, definitely hit us up with some questions uh, in the live chat. If you miss us live, email awkward at vegasvideonetwork.com. Subscribe to the show via iTunes. Get the audio only if uh, I nauseate you. And, uh, and that's it. Here we are. Uh, we have an amazing headliner, yes, which we're going to get to. I'm excited. Very excited. Absolutely. Ear glowing, Earish. as par usual. <laughs> we might have to trade sides. I, I think we might at least rotate it. It's like a... Like you think a, it's just that ear? Or? Well, you're looking at me. I mean, it's not... There's something, something wrong with me, clearly. That's true. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm, it's, it's it looks a, good. It's dude. a problem. It could be my hook. I've been looking for a hook in stand-up for years. I think it's if I could just harness this power. I like uh, it. I think I just found. I found a. Here's my new development deal. To sell it's the red, guy with the glowing ear. Red ear T-shirt. Uh, it'd be it'd be amazing. Red ear bumper stickers. That shit goes viral. Yeah, I'll buy one. Right. Uh, so how? First of all, how are you? For I'm those, great. I'm for, great. Yeah, how are you? For those of us who follow you on Facebook, it seems like you're you're in a good place. <laughs> New beginnings, fresh starts. That's so far from the truth, but yeah, fresh start. <laughs> <laughs> I am not in a good place, but that if you followed me on Facebook, then you saw it was time for a fresh start. So this fresh start's been good for a day or two. Okay. So so, so far, I'm not drinking. Um, as much. I was going to say, not you're not drinking person, right now. I'm yeah. not drinking all day, every day. Um, just some other bullshit that no one cares about. But I'm right. good. All right, I'm good. good. <laughs> and uh, working downtown with Todd Paul yeah. this week at the LA Comedy Club. How's it been? Todd so and I this week, great, great. Uh, had a couple hecklers both nights, but I, I was, it was fascinating to me that I had a drunk heckler teacher. I said, of all people, a teacher you would think would know in front of the class. Yeah, like, not to shut the fuck up, exactly. I said. It's uh, <laughs> annoying. So I had that. and then I, I, We knew it last night. The last guy that came in the showroom was just wasted. So it was just a matter of time. So, you know, he came over and thanked me after the show. And They thanks. always <laughs> do that. After they shit all over your show, they're the first ones that came up. Hey, great stuff. By the way, you're welcome for yeah, helping yeah. out. So, uh, uh, oh, I hate that. Let's see if it happens again tonight. But Todd's been great. He's doing his thing. Uh, he told me he's moving back. He's out of here. Yeah, you know, I was breaking news. Though. Last time, last time uh, when I worked with him a few weeks ago, uh, we were bullshitting a little bit at, at Friars Club, and he mentioned that he was, yeah, he was about ready to, yeah. to kind of pack it up and, uh, and and move it along. So. So I felt bad for him on that, but the show's good. Everything, you know, decent crowds. Good. It is what it is. Good. It'll be a good weekend, I'm sure. Yeah, let's hope. Awesome. Well, uh, I, I do want to catch uh, one topic before we bring our headliner up, and it was actually a couple people were talking about it. Uh, this was after Barnhart was here last week, talking about how he's opening his new comedy room, which is beautiful, by the way. I just put, I haven't gotten a chance. Uh, he very generously offered us some stage time whenever we want it. Uh, I'm definitely going to take him up on it soon, but uh, I did poke my head in just to look at it. Room is gorgeous. Yeah. I mean, just gorgeous, huge. And again, it's still new, so it's it's obviously not selling out completely yet. But when it does, uh, that, that is going to be the spot to perform because it's it's amazing. Um, but uh, you know, we we talked really briefly on the show about uh, a comic booking and running a room as opposed to like you know getting more of a business guy to to own uh, and run a room. And, uh, and and Don, you know, was saying, hey, look, I'm I'm both. I'm a comic, but I've also you know essentially run a small business for a while. And, uh, and I hope he's right, and I hope he's successful. In my uh, uh, experience, 
it, it, it's one or the other, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you've worked for, for both. Uh, and, and I'm actually, this is, uh, I'm definitely going to ask our headline because he's worked for both a lot more than us. But uh, business guy, another comic, who do you like working for if you have to work for one? Uh, I like working for me. All bookers are fucking assholes. I'm learning <laughs> every day as I'm not getting paid, not getting. So you're dealing with two, the lesser of two evils, honestly. But yeah. uh, I mean, I work for Barnard. He's cool. Yeah, I mean the book. I, I think I, I tell you what, half the bookers I work with, I think most of the time bookers wanted to be comics or tried it for a little bit and it just didn't work out. It's like uh, I get a lot of notes from the bookers like you should try this and you should try that. I'm like you should get some fucking people. Here. <laughs> and then we'll have a better idea if these jokes are working or not. I right. mean, if you have 12 people and some notes for me, get you know. <laughs> but uh, I mean, honestly, I used to be. I hate to just be bitter. Because I used to always hear comics say this, but uh, I tell you what, the more I've been in the business, it really is us against them. And to me, I, I, I'm sure our headliner will know more, but I have given up on the hope of, uh, I mean, I guess there's some good bookers out there, but man, well, you know, they don't need us. I mean, I just figured out how much they don't need us. Well, and, and that's the thing. I, I, I think every comic would say they'd prefer to work for another comic, because yeah. it's fun. You know, a comic knows how they want to be treated. You know what I mean? But most comics, are fuck-ups. Yeah, yeah. That's why they're comics, right? Uh, I mean, I worked for a, the, the guy who was sort of my, my, my mentor, uh, you know, gave me my first spot. He owned a club. He bought it from one of the smartest uh, businessmen like I, I've ever met, all right? Bought it. The guy came in uh, to Tucson, Arizona, opened this club, made it a huge success, made a million bucks, bought the entire property it was on, rented out all the, I mean, the guy was brilliant. Hated comics, hated comedy, just knew how to run a business. Yeah. Comic came in, bought the club. If you ask any comic, even Dan Gabriel, uh, who has been a guest on the show, said it on the show. One of his favorite clubs to work. You come in, comics drink for free. Uh, you could run long if you were trying new shit. You, everyone hung out and partied after the show. It's the most fun. Guy went bankrupt. Seven yeah. years. Actually, <laughs> anyone who bet the over, by the way, made money <laughs> because everyone thought he'd go bankrupt way before it. Uh, so, and, and then he ended up selling the club back to the original owner, uh, who's now making a bunch of money with it again. Uh, well, the one that I will say that about the loyalty from the other comic, like me and Barnard are friends, so right. I feel like he'll book me for the rest of my life, which right. I do appreciate. You know you can always get a gig from Don, right. but like you said, where is that gig going to be? Is there, you know, I wish Don all the luck in this room, but start, I mean, he, you got some tough, tough obstacles, especially now. I mean, comedy's not as strong as it was. So I, I guess, I mean, I... I the comic, the loyalty thing is the only thing I appreciate and what I've found out from these clubs. There's no loyalty. And, and the comic knows, like, people are going to bitch no matter what. Right. You know, where some bookers are like, hey, we got a comment card that didn't like this. It's like, well, right. fuck, that person was miserable. Any right. They're going to bitch people. They wanted free fries. Right. That they, right. they want, you know. Nothing to do with me. Nothing to yeah, do with me. Yeah, so, like, a yeah. comic, I mean, understands that. But I agree with you on the other side of it, too, that... They'll just fuck up everything. Well, and, and not, not only, it's, this isn't just the stand-up world, but entertainment world in general, even just like corporate world. Like if you work for a larger company that maybe has its own uh, advertising or, or marketing team, anytime you get corporate and creatives together, it's just never going to work out, all right? Cause, and I figured it out finally. Uh, it's because they both think they're the most important piece, right? Yeah. Corporate's like, uh, well, we bring in all the money. So uh, if you want to get paid, we're the most important person here. And creatives are like, you get paid and you bring in money because of the shit that we bring to the table. So if we're not here, you're not getting paid for anything. So we're the most important piece. 
and they hate each other, yeah. right? The, the creatives always think that the corporate's fucking keeping them down, stifling their creativity. Uh, corporate always thinks the creatives are just unruly, don't want to listen, being childish. So it's just, it's never going to work. No, that's a perfect point. Yeah. But the creatives are the more important. Clearly. I Anyone mean, stop it. It's, it's, it's embarrassing. You can go to school Anyone to learn be, how to yeah. be a corporate guy. Anyway, I was, uh, I was talking about that today at lunch. Like, when you have talent, anyone can fucking learn a job. We've been given you gifts have from talent. God. You know, comics are, uh, no, it's hard to get up there and do that. We, uh, we got a question, Scott? Uh, we have a, a comment. This is for you, Brian. All right. Grammar Nazi wants to let you know that the Brian's Red Ear issue has yeah. a name. Is and what? It has a name. Okay, it's I like called it. the idiopathic craniofacial arrhythmia. And uh -huh. in essence, it happens to someone who's embarrassed about what they're going to say or do. <laughs> That seems <laughs> unlikely to me. I've, that true? I've, made a, I've made a career of humiliating myself, and this is new. I mean, honestly, that's... You're in, why just now? Till we, we're like 20 episodes in, and he's never... Right. Are you going to announce not, Did you not get the first three months of humiliation? Sans radioactive ear? Hey, will you ask him why the tip of my penis is red? <laughs> Oddly enough, same reason. You are embarrassed about what you are about to do. I don't know what is wrong with it. Every time I come in here, it just gets bright red. All right. <laughs> really quickly, there will be no embarrassment in my fit or fat segment yes. this week. Can we do this? Oh, see? Corporate. This is exactly what I'm talking about. These old guys. <laughs> dude turns 50, can't see the buttons. Uh, all right. Fit <laughs> or fat, everybody. So uh, uh, once again, my unbelievable uh, streak continues as I continue wasting away down another pound this week. Yes. I applaud it. That's awesome. Thank you. Uh, wait. There, there it is. Sexy cougar. Uh, so last week you guys were asking like if I had a plan or anything, uh, and I was joking around about it. This is serious. Um, what I've been doing. Uh, I heard an interview with Herschel Walker, right? Great, uh, that's a right? perfect that, person. That guy, yeah. that guy's in shape. He said that his whole life, you know, Georgia football all the way up through the NFL. Now he's a fucking MMA fighter. He's never like gone to a gym, lifted weights, any of that. All he does is uh, push-ups and crunches throughout the course of the day. He just set, does sets of push-ups and crunches, right? Uh, kind of like you, That's and then he runs by homeless people on the train tracks. No, that is my workout too. But it's true. So, and I mean, so he said that he does that. He does like fifteen hundred push-ups in a day, and like between twenty-five hundred and three thousand crunches in a day. I am doing similar. I've removed all the zeros, uh, but I do the same workout regime. It's not having the same effect uh, as he, he also, by the way, it's a little bit of bullshit. Okay, maybe that's the only structure. To, you're also an NFL running back. Yeah. I feel like that should count for something. Well, yeah, there's a little workout in that, probably <laughs> running up and down the field. And I'm I sure they think. lift. I'm sure he had to have lifted when he was. That's what he says. He says he never lifted. And then uh, I also feel like he probably doesn't eat double-doubles regularly. Well, yeah, he probably does. Um, he did not mention that in the interview, so I'm assuming he does. He eats 2,500 double-doubles <laughs> exactly. a year. Exactly. Like, but he does it in sets, so it doesn't hit him as I hard. told I built the greatest workout, but I could never stay with it, which was every time I logged on to Facebook, I would do 10 push-ups and 25 sit-ups. Yeah. And it, because that's all I do all day is fucking get on Facebook. And right. if I would have stayed with it, I would look like Herschel Walker. Right. Just lighter. <laughs> I was going to say, just, just <laughs> darken that shit up and chiseled. Uh, all right. Well, there you go. Thank you to all my fitter fat fans out there. A little alliteration for the ladies. Uh, all right. Uh, enough of this nonsense. It's time for a headliner, everybody.
Our headliner today is an amazing comedian. Uh, he has worked every major comedy club from coast to coast and internationally. Uh, regularly does uh, USO tours. Uh, in addition to, uh, to doing stand-up, uh, you may have seen him in over a dozen movies and television appearances. He's a regular on The Tonight Show, over 200 commercials to his name. And I am very happy to be talking to this man who will be headlining Brad Garrett's Comedy Club at the Tropicana all weekend. It's Mike Marino, everybody. Yes. Thank you How are you? Thank you. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you so much. That's a great introduction. That was Thank right. you very much. Uh, no problem. Now, <laughs> reading comprehension on the SAT is always an amazing. Uh, no, I'm, I'm glad to have you here. I've, I've followed your work for a while, and uh, and and I'm and I'm happy that that you're you know uh, that you're in town, because you are a fucking machine, man. I mean, you don't stop working ever. I don't think I've ever been called that. I'm a fucking machine. Fucking machine. You can you can isolate that if you Very want. Very nice. Brian Blake is awesome. Girl that said yeah. you're a fucking machine. <laughs> Maybe but, some um, different intonation yeah. in there, but sure. But uh, thanks. I appreciate that. I was listening to you guys talk, of course, and uh, you know it's funny listening to what you're saying about the business and how yeah. people run the business. Yeah. A comedy who runs a room. Yeah. Uh, a comedian who runs a room as opposed to a booker who runs a room. Yeah. And I'm back there saying to myself, yes. <laughs> well, give me your take yeah, on it. You've yeah, worked, yeah. You've worked Just for like that. business people. You work for comics. I mean, g give me the pros and cons. What do you like? You know, when I started out doing stand-up, I come from theater. I grew up in uh, New York and New Jersey, and I, I was an actor most of my life. That's how I did all the commercials when I was like a kid. Right. I did my first TV commercial. I was probably 12, 13 years old. But back in the day, like in, like, say, <clears> the, the 80s, or the, the late 70s, all you had to have was blonde hair and blue eyes. You went to New York and said, Booked. Yeah. you know, <laughs> a yeah. potato chip. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they got on television. Right. It's not really that way anymore because right. uh, the job ratio might have been like 60 to 1 yeah. and you were going to get a job. Yeah. Now it's probably 300 to 1 yeah. and everybody and anybody wants to be on television. Yeah. But um, when, I, when I got into my 20s, in my, my late 20s, that's when I decided I wanted to start doing some stand-up. So a friend of mine said to me, you know, one of the greatest ways to get in the business of stand-up is to run your own room, yeah. host your own night. We talk about you'll that. You'll meet absolutely. all the comedians. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's going to want to play your place, and you'll get to play their place, and it'll be a nice big camaraderie. <laughs> exactly. And that's exactly how it worked. Well, <laughs> oh. as you know, it's not always that easy. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. But I did meet a lot of people that way, and you learn about the business of stand-up. Yeah. Because... Let's suppose and you're the booker of your room, and you're a booker of another room, and I want to play your room. So I says, okay, you come play mine, and you really don't do so well that night. Now there's other people going, hey, why'd you do that? Yeah. And you're going to get ratted on right. because the real reason is because I wanted to play yeah. your right. place. Exactly. It's still business. But that's part of I yeah, mean, I think business. that's great advice. And that's what I tell comics all the time. You should run your own room. Just like you said, then you can swap out rooms. And you get to just keep getting on stage over and over and but, over. But at the same time, like you, you know, but you're running a room. You're responsible for putting the product up. So you know, if you start putting people up that maybe aren't up to, you know, what your caliber is, you know, what what you want to have in your room, but you're doing it just to get gigs, you know, then you're watering down your product. So right. it gets dicey. Yeah. It's hard. So it's you, hard. Well, what happened was, and what happened is, is eventually. You're not really running an open mic. You might get a, yeah. a bar that says, hey, we'll give you a $300 a night budget. And you bring in an MC, a feature, and a headliner, and you give them the 200 you take 100 or 250 you take 50 bucks. I had about 10 rooms like that. I don't remember exactly, but I guess it was in the 90s. I had 10 rooms. I would have like an open mic on a Monday, a paid gig on a Tuesday, a paid gig on a Wednesday, right up through the weekend, and I would start routing comedians. 
to different places. Yeah. And so, for instance, I had this one in San Diego that was killing for two years. It was on a Thursday night, and in that area was the comedy store. Mm -hmm. So I would find my friends from the comedy store and say, listen, come do my Thursday night. Stay in the condo, do Friday, Saturday, Sunday at the comedy store. Everybody's happy. Yeah. Right, no problem. Don't <laughs> say nothing to nobody. <laughs> just, just do it, okay? Yeah. Now, here's the deal. I get $500, three comedians. Each comedian gets dinner and a drink. Time goes on. Mike, these comedians are nuts. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> no more alcohol. <laughs> this is okay. Now, now you get this much money, you get this much money, you get this much money, but no alcohol. You can have a, uh, a, a Coke and dinner. Yeah. Mike, these comedians are nuts. <laughs> <laughs> They're eating me out of house and home. <laughs> Put a cap on the dinner. You get a Coca-Cola and $15 or less dinner. <laughs> okay. Time goes on. Mike, right. no more food, no more drinks and tell them they can't bring their friends. Oh, fuck. See? And I'm lowering the budget. And it was all what the comedians were doing. Right. And I remember one time I <laughs> sent down this yeah. guy, I got a phone call before he went on stage. Mike, your one comedian's friend's tab is 200 bucks. Who's paying for this? And I'm like, oh. Right. And you call him up, you're like, who told you you could do that? Right. He goes, I'm the headline. I brought down my entourage. Go, what entourage? <laughs> You're getting $100. <laughs> You're getting $100. I can't. And it would go on and on and on. And I started learning, man, half of these people are nuts. Yeah. Why would you do that? Right. And then you learn that they do this and sabotage everything. But that, there, you will find no person that sabotages themselves more than a comic. I believe that. Yeah, I believe sure. that. What, what are you doing that for? Now, uh, when I go to places to perform, uh, if I find a friend or something that says, you know, I'd really like to play that place, can I open for you? So I'll say, sure, come on down. Here's what you're going to do. <laughs> when that light goes on, get off. Right. Even if you're not done, just <laughs> get off. Right. Trust me, right. people are watching. Right. You're in a casino. They don't care how good you're doing. Right, yeah, they want done. you out. Mm -hmm. Every single time, 20-minute set turns into a 25-minute set, and they wonder why they don't get asked back. I killed. I killed. You were fantastic. Nobody you, cares. You're fired. <laughs> you're fired. <laughs> you're fired. It gets so crazy with comedians on the actual time and the light that my favorite place to play in Atlantic City, New Jersey, is the Borgata. Sure. Okay, it's a casino. Beautiful. Yeah. Seats a thousand people. It's always pretty packed. All right? The clock is in the floor. That's great. At yeah. your feet. Yeah. And it counts backwards. No excuse. Digitally. Yeah. So if you got a 15 minute set, it says 15 and starts going back. And if you run that, you never come to this place again. Yeah. That's because a comics, sometimes in a certain area, a dime a dozen, they don't really yeah. need you. That's, yeah, that's, that's they something never, that we, we've talked about before. You know, you, you can't do your time. That's why I always said, you know, any gig I ever got was more for being professional than funny, hands down, because uh, they'll find somebody else. You know, who, okay, who cares? You know? But sometimes, though, the bottom line really is if you're a new comedian or even if you're doing pretty well and you want to have a place to rehearse, you run your own club. Yeah. yeah. Find one somewhere and uh, say, hey, you know, what's your slow night? Monday night? Let me put a comedy show in here. I'll bring my friends down. What do you got to lose? Because they wouldn't have been making money anyway. Right. And, you know, if you can't get a budget out of them, at least you can have some fun. Yeah. And maybe a club owner will say, hey, free pizza for the comedians. Yeah. 
You know, that'll turn into uh, maybe free breadsticks within six months <laughs> because they're going to take pretty, advantage of it. And then pretty soon sure you're, you're getting a phone call and right. now there's no more room. I want to know why you decided to go from acting to stand-up because it sounds like the worst business idea I've ever heard. Uh, it is and it is You're isn't. a working actor. I mean, there's a billion people that want to be a working you know, work actors. There's tons of people that start stand-up because they want to be working actors. You, you did it in reverse. Well, I think showbiz as a whole is crazy. It's yeah. crazy because when you guys were talking about the corporate people mm -hmm. and they don't have a vision and you have to deal with them. And, you know, sometimes I used to wonder why agents and managers and bookers didn't go by the wayside of a postal guy who didn't walk in and just level everybody. <laughs> right, right. Because you have the craziest conversations. Yeah. You know? Um, I started out as an actor and I did a lot of TV commercials growing up. And then I went to the American Academy of Dramatic Arts in New York City. I was just getting into my second year, which was the graduate program, and it's this big prestigious acting school. <clears throat> Classic actors from Edward G. Robinson to Robert Redford went to this school. They had a policy. You're not allowed to work as an actor while you attend this school. Well, I was already in the Screen Actors Guild, and I wanted to work. So it was summertime. I went on a commercial audition, and I kind of crashed it. I wasn't supposed to be there. Yeah. And it was for this uh, TV commercial called The Green Marine. And it was a Marine coming home from boot camp on United Airlines. At that time, I used to have really thick blonde hair down to my shoulders. I got the job. I shaved my head. I played the Marine. Now I'm going to my second year in school. All of a sudden, the commercial comes out. I had no idea the impact of what this commercial was going to do to my life and my career. But I, it aired. And it was a very sentimental commercial. Everybody knew it within seconds. Yeah. So I'm in my class, and I go down to the dean's office, and I went down there, and they said, are you Private Zaleski? <laughs> and I said, yes. And they said, pack your bags, get out of the school. And I remember being so brokenhearted. My mother was devastated. Got any agent I wanted in New York City, yeah. like that. Right. Got nominated for a Clio Best Male Performer. And I started making a ton of money for a 19-year-old kid. Right. And I remember going, why did that school treat me like that? Yeah, I worked. Yeah, yeah. But that's the way it went. Now for five years, this commercial's on. Yeah. I bought a house out on the Jersey Shore. <laughs> I'm going wherever I want to go, doing whatever I want. Yeah. And I used to walk by the school going, you know what? Go ahead. Yeah. 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 And at that time, I went to go see an agent at a big agency called J. Michael Bloom. It was the biggest agency in New York City. Mm -hmm. And I had met them once before, and they said to me, you have a thick Jersey accent. You're never going to work in the commercial business. And I remember, wow, what do I got to do? I didn't even know I had one. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm walking around going, how now, brown cow? <laughs> right. Oh, I could do it. I could do it. Yeah, yeah. Now I got this commercial on the air. I go back to the same agency. And the woman who said that to me was now the woman's got to interview me because I'm making the top dog money in New York City, right. top commercial actor in the city. And she looks at me and she goes, what am I going to do with you? What'd you shave your head for? And some lady taps her on the shoulder and goes, that's the guy. Yeah. And she goes, oh, oh, well, you know, we'd really like to sign you. Uh, see? Yeah. <laughs> and that's showbiz, man. Right, yeah. That is showbiz in a nutshell. But again, so, so you're, you're successful. You're, you're booking work as an actor. And then, I mean, what, what was it about stand-up that you're like, oh, uh, fuck well, this? I mean. you're climbing. You're doing more and more commercials. Then I got on a soap. I was on As the World Turns for almost a year. And uh, my character never had a contract, but I was in scenes with Marissa Tomei and Meg Ryan. This is back in the day. Yeah. I got offered to do a commercial in Italy, and I said, 
fruit of soap, send me to Italy, let me go. And yeah. I went, and I came back and uh, didn't have my job on the soap anymore, but I didn't care. Right. Your face starts to change, you're growing up. Yeah. Yeah. You're 24, yeah. you're 25, you're not a cute kid anymore. <laughs> and At least you made it to 24. By well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty good. So I got out to California for the first time and somebody said to me, you Jersey people are really funny especially you wise guy Italian types. Mm -hmm. Now, I really don't look Italian. Mm. So I figured, okay, well, what do you want me to do? And the guy goes, I know where there's an open mic. Why don't you go crack some jokes? And I did, and I liked it, yeah. and I kept on going. Yeah. And then my acting career started to slow down, and my stand-up career started to pick up. Yeah. The more times I would perform, though, let's say, in the Comedy Store or the Laugh Factory in Hollywood, yeah. I got on a sitcom with no audition. Somebody was in the room and said, hey, you're really funny, you want to do a couple of lines on Becker? Shit. Hey, you're really funny, you want to do a couple of lines on uh, Party of Five? Actually, I went on Party of Five as an actor, and I was supposed to be a recurring character, it was in the last season of Party of Five. And uh, in my third episode, the director started looking at me, and I said, um, you know, why are you looking at me like that? And he goes, are you a comedian? And I said, no. <laughs> Good move. He goes, I've seen you at the Laugh Factory. I'm like, no, that wasn't me. Right. He goes, and they call you New Jersey's bad boy. I'm like, look, man, I need this acting gig. <laughs> and, and, it, and if they think I'm a comedian, they're going to fire me. He goes, no, dude. Actors make some of the best, best uh, comedians make some of the best actors. He goes, do De Niro for everybody. Hey, everybody, watch this. And I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. But, um. That's crazy, but... So that's how I got on a bunch of those shows, just by performing as a comic. Did a lot of the comics at that time kind of say, oh, look, an actor wants to try and do stand-up? Because that happens now a lot. You know, you, you find uh, oh, yeah. comics are very protective about stand-up. You're always going to get somebody going to say something yeah. about you in a bad way. Right. You're always going to get a derogatory statement. Yeah. Oh, you know, you should stick to open mics. Or you yeah. should, you're never going to be a headliner. Or oh, you shouldn't talk like that. You should never do that joke. Man, if I told you the stories people tell me, you shouldn't talk like that. Yeah. I had the number one joke on YouTube right now. It's over three million hits. Yeah. The same guy called me to say, you want to do the show again? Was the same guy who told me, don't do that joke on this show. <laughs> of course. It's a fucking, you see him on the way up Don't do that way joke down, on way. this show. It's yeah. not going to work. Nobody's going to like it. Yeah. That's the you best. You see the audience now. Yeah. That's the best thing about comics is anytime someone tells them not to do something, then they're more That's the inclined only thing to they do, do it. Yeah. It's just like, all right, well, it's the kid I in the back it. of the class. It's, it's the same fucking thing. That's what comics I, are. I would always say to a comic, if they ask me, what's your opinion on this? Yeah. I would say, realize it's just my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I could be wrong. Yeah. Because for the most part, you never know who's going to be right. Yeah, you that's great. No one, you never know. Exactly. You, you never know what tonight, what not. It's, uh, that's why I always tell people, there's no real rules. I'll tell you what I think you should do, but you should do what you think you should do. Right. Because what, what the fuck do I know? Right. Where everyone, this is, there's no handbook or anything. Right. I want, I want to know a little bit more about, you know, so you've done a lot of TV work, uh, and I know that, you know, we, we've talked about it, and we can get into more what you're working on now in, in a moment, but, like, you know, you've, you've, uh, you've developed ideas, you've filmed pilots, you've pitched uh, ideas, and we were kind of bullshitting a little bit beforehand uh, about just, just what a pain in the ass and how frustrating just that process can be. Again, because it, it, it comes back to corporate versus creative. You know, right. you're creative. Oh, you have yeah. this idea. Uh, and, uh, and, and now you have to hand that over. This is your thing. You, create, you have to hand it over because you yourself can't necessarily do anything with it. So you, you got to find somebody to work with it in corporate. And, and again, they, they don't respect uh, creatives the way, the way we respect each other. It's the strangest game. I mean, I could give you examples like you have no idea. A couple weeks ago, we had a pitch meeting at a network 
for a, um, a reality show that me and a friend of mine created by accident. A lot of these things are accidents. Um, my younger brother has a construction company. They pave highways. Um, his friends have masonry companies, carpentry companies, um, uh, landscaping companies. So a friend of mine was in New York City taping a reality show about a guy who's an ice sculptor with chainsaws. He chainsaws and, yeah. uh, ice into a sculpture. So he ended up getting a reality show called The Iceman. Mm -hmm. Well, while they were shooting the show, my brother was paving my driveway at my house. <laughs> and they looked at my friends, because they're all from Jersey, and they're thinking, these are the Jersey Shore kids 40 years later. Right. right. So they took out the cameras and said, can we shoot this show? And I said, well, it's not a show. These guys are really doing what they're doing. Right. And he goes, can you get them to fight with each other? I'm like, no, they're actually friends since high school. He goes, tell them to go fuck each other. Yeah. I'm like, really? He goes, my brother. I said, my brother's never going to tell his best friend to go fuck himself. Yeah. He goes, tell him we'll make him a reality show. I'm like, Aunt Nate, tell your friend to go fuck himself. <laughs> no problem, boss. <laughs> yeah. So before you know it, they're yelling and screaming at each other, hitting each other, but they actually know what they're doing. Right. So we created a show called Reconstructing Jersey. Okay. You'd love to watch these guys because they are goombas. Mm -hmm. They are all Italian, and they do talk like that because that's yeah. where they're from. They're not faking it. But they do know what they're doing. So we're going to get sponsored by Lowe's, Home Depot. Right, right. It's like watching the deadliest catch only on land. Yeah. <laughs> so we go into the, the pitch meeting. I happen to host the show, right? Right. And everybody loves it. This show's great. It's going to be a hit. But we're changing the name. It's not reconstructing Jersey anymore. It's going to be called Construction Wars. That's a terrible name. And I looked at this kid and I go, dude, dude where's the war? Right, right. Where's the war? Who's the war? <laughs> Who are we at war with? You're going to tell my brother you're going to call this construction wars? You're going to knock you out. Right. And then that guy who paves, he's going to run you over. <laughs> right. And you see the guy who does the cement work? It's done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but it's, a, it's war. You know, war. I go, yeah, but they're not fighting. Yeah. yeah. Well, can you make them fight? I'm like, give them the money. Right, yeah. <laughs> right. But that's, that's the way it went. So you have to, and, and, and I think that that's what, what the people on the corporate side don't understand is when, when, when you put yourself into something, like that's your work. You don't want to hear And even when it needs it, you know, like, you know, sometimes a, a comic will do a bit or, or a writer will write a script and someone's like, all right, I marked it up. This shit's coming out. Like, that's a piece of you that they're taking out. So that, that hurts. You know what I mean? So it's all, about, it's all about the game. What are you willing to give up? in order to, you know, to, to, to make it a, a few steps further. There's always going to be somebody that's going to change what you already did. Right. Because now getting back to the pilot, when I got a development deal for my uh, life, we came up with a show called Marinos. Mm -hmm. And it's about my life as a deli owner. Okay. So I own this deli in Hoboken, New Jersey. And my act is throughout the script. And I already originally wrote the script. It was called Tony Bologna's. Okay. Anthony Bologna's Deli. Okay. Tony Bologna's. Well, when the writer came in, they said, we're going to change it. We're going to call it Marino's. And this is the way the script goes. Look at what I wrote. Yeah. And I go, hmm. <laughs> but, but that's my joke. Right. You didn't write it's that. It's just being yeah. said by that guy. Yeah. And that's my routine, only it's being said by everybody. Yeah. And... Vinny Get the Bat is, is, is right there. Right. That's your deal. <laughs> yeah. So what did you write? Yeah. The structure? Right. Oh, I wrote the whole show. It's created by me. <laughs> okay. Give me a million dollars. You can say whatever you want. <laughs> it's your show. You know what? I won't even be in it. <laughs> right. But then, so, so what happens? Uh, you know, so, so you go through this process, and then, and then do, does it just kind of fizzle out? No, or? no. We shot the pilot. The pilot goes to some festivals. You hope that something's going to happen. But sometimes... 
now you showcase as a comedian and you're up on stage and the, uh, the powers that be, the corporate people, the buyers, watch that type of a show and they watch your thunder and go, hey, wait a minute. You didn't capture what I just saw. Yeah. What I just saw is better than what's on this paper. Yeah. Well, I don't like this. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. So now a whole new ball game starts. <laughs> These people Out. are gone. Yeah. Should have did what I told you. <laughs> <laughs> now new people come in who actually have a deal with a network that'll say, I got a great idea. A show about an Italian kid from New Jersey. Right, huh? <laughs> and I go, brilliant. I would like that. Yeah. I'll even work on an accent. <laughs> <laughs> so now that's where we are again. Yeah. Now all of a sudden, YouTube hits. And this show that I did was Comics Unleashed. And it took the clip. The clip went viral. Within six months, there's three million people watching what I'm doing. You start selling out all these arenas wherever you go. You're not in a comedy club at 300 seats no more. Right. Now you're over 1,000, 2,000, 3,000. Right. People are going because they want to see you do that particular joke. Right. Which in a way I feel like, oh, and I've been doing that joke for 15 years. I'd like to do something new. Right. But if you don't, you're in a lot of trouble. Right. You say, yeah. It's like going to see uh, Neil Diamond and he don't sing his hits. You'd be like, yeah. hey, come on now. <laughs> right, right. Or somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in Vegas. I thought of Neil Diamond. Yeah. Bruce Springsteen. Bruce Springsteen's Springsteen. Yeah. You want to hear Born to Run. Yeah, you know, he might not do shit. it. But. Yeah, yeah. So uh, now it's a whole new ball game. And then I got called by um, independent producers to do three new pilots. Yeah. We shot two of them. I'm getting ready to shoot another one. The pilots of a sort that I never thought I would be involved in. But because of the particular stuff that they saw on YouTube, they figured, okay, we want you to host this show called Wise Guy Confidential, where I'm going to interview real hitmen. Hmm. And then nice. I'm going to do a cooking show, which is about Italian food, go figure, <laughs> with other celebrity Italians that cook. Right. And then, uh, and then um, I'm going to do another five-camera shoot uh, in Miami, Florida, on June 17th, which is a, an 1,800-seat theater yeah. for a new distributing company. So, so it's kind of like you get lucky. A lot of it is, right? But but so, yeah. you also but you also put yourself in position. Like I, like I said at the top of the show, I mean, you you work. You're always out there. You're always doing something. So uh, a, a lot of it is luck. You know, someone's got to like what you do and and decide. You know, I'm not just going to like it. I'm going to do something about it. But you also have to. You know, you have to be there too. You have to be willing to work. And and we talk about it all the time. I mean, comics. Yeah, you said it. No one's going to sabotage themselves like a comic. They will find ways to fuck that up. <laughs> uh, you know, whether they're just not working hard enough or you know. Whatever it is, so you you know you, it's luck, but you also have to make some of your own. It's it's a wonder why it's like that. I mean, there was a showcase that I did in Florida to pick up uh, a string of let's say twenty theaters, okay. twenty theaters. In the showcase on the on the night that I went was about maybe ten entertainers from comics to singers, jugglers. Everybody was there. There was 300 people in the room specifically to buy the talent. I'm talking the tops, the temptations, yeah. names. And the people sit in the audience with their pen. Oh, okay, maybe that guy. Okay, maybe that guy. When I was done with my 10-minute set, I literally booked $35,000 worth of work. Yeah. A friend of mine said, how'd you get that? And I said, it's not that big a deal. All you got to do <laughs> is go to this place, yeah. stand in front of the congregation, and let them have it. Yeah. So he goes, nah, I don't think I would do something like that. I'm like, you're unbelievable talented. <laughs> yeah. Go do it. You'll yeah. get the work. Yeah. 
So he hems and haws, and there happened to be another showcase in a different area, and I was going to that one. He goes, you going again? I'm like, well, yeah, you get to work in a different, different area, different state. He goes, well, if you're going, I'll go. I says, okay, come with me. I'll show you. So he goes out there. They love him. Books the same amount of work. Know what he says to the booker? I don't think I want to go on that day. And if I got to go on that day, do I have to drive? And if I have to drive, can I get more money for this? Can my brother come with me? Can I have this? Can I He's have the same that? Same bastard that's eating steak and getting you kicked out of your room okay. in San Diego. Yeah, but now the agent calls me and goes, let me ask you a question. What the fuck is wrong with your friend? Yeah. Yeah. Do I really got to deal with this? And I'm like, right. He's not my friend. I don't even know. Because <laughs> it comes back to you now. Of course. Yeah. And you know what he was mad at? You know what yeah. this comedian complained about? And he's a comedian who probably doesn't make that kind of money at all, ever. Right. Ever. Right. They fly you into Florida you for free. You stay in a hotel, free. You eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner, free. And they give you the keys to a rental car for six weeks. Do what you want. Here's the car. Yeah. Do what you want. Where do I got to drive? <laughs> Where do I got to go? I'm like, it's a navigation system. Put in a thing and you go. Yeah, exactly. Uh, how far? I said, well, each show's about maybe a half hour from the hotel. Oh, no, my legs. I get, I get cramps. Jesus Christ. Stay home. You never mind. Go yeah. perform for $20. It's fine. I got it. Let me ask you this. So, so you, you've now you've worked everything. You've done, you've done the dive bars. You've done the comedy clubs. You've done theaters. Uh, from strictly, strictly a, a preference point, take the money out of it for a second. If, uh, well, what, what's your favorite kind of room to do? I'm talking, you know, theater to club, clean, dirty, corporate. If, if you could just do one kind of show, money aside, what, what would it be? What's your favorite thing to do, stand-up-wise? Theater. Yeah? It, it seems like that would be pretty fun. Yeah. Theater. Yeah. Um, usually a theater, the people are a lot nicer in the audience because they make you sit up straight. Yeah. There's something about a theater that says, don't talk back. Less booze. There's usually. no booze. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's maybe a program to read. <laughs> maybe you had cocktails before you came in. Right. Um, a comedy club, somebody's drunk, wasted, two drink minimum, $20 to get in. Theater, $47 to get in. You're no keeping the riffraff out. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's a different echelon. and yeah. You might not curse as much as you would in a, in a comedy club. Um, there's more energy, and you perform slower. Yeah. Because they laugh in a, it's a weird thing. It just like goes, <sighs> yeah. as opposed to everybody just laughing all at the same time. And then stopping immediately. Right. <laughs> and yeah. staring at you judgingly. Yeah. Right. For you sure. don't have that person in the front row texting their friends, going right. something. Mm, <laughs> <laughs> I hate that. You know. Isn't it weird how little respect comics get? I mean, even from the people that paid to see you, they'll, they'll yell shit at you. I don't know. I don't know if it's something about, uh, because comic, comedy is such like an intimate thing. It's not like you're going to see a play. Uh, you know, I mean, you know. You well, it's getting worse because yeah. people can text now and they text during a show. But it's actually the showrunner's fault. They come into a comedy club. Somebody should be at the door and say, put your phone away. There's no texting, no communication, nothing. Right. This is what you're doing. Put it away. Yeah. Because people will use the typical, <laughs> typical <laughs> bullshit. There it is. What? <laughs> hey, a lot of people shit. use the excuse, "Oh, I'm checking with my babysitter." Uh, you know. Uh, all right, this is my favorite uh, question to to ask comics. Uh, ideal career, you know, moving forward, you've done everything. You've acted. You got your hands in, in a ton of pots. If you could, if you could outline what you would view as your ideal uh, career moving forward, until uh, you decide to retire, what would it be? Sitcom. 
Yeah. Sitcom movies, yeah. just like uh, along the lines of uh, a Ray Romano. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, how, uh, you know, what's the Seinfeld. Dynamic, what's the dynamic when you're actually on uh, a, a sitcom? Because I know you've, you've done spots on a few. I mean, the actual shoot, I've heard it's, it's amazing. Uh, you, you're treated well. And I think that's the thing that, that drives comics nuts. <laughs> like, you do one spot on one sitcom, you're like, holy shit. So you look at what's-his-name's career, who's just destroying it. Um, what's his name now? He's got, they got T-shirts down the block that says winning. Oh, oh Sheen, Sheen, sure, Sheen, Charlie yeah. Sheen, yeah. Could you imagine making that kind of money per episode? Yeah. Let's say it's just a million dollars an episode. I don't even people realize that's a million dollars a week. Right. You make a million dollars a week. I'd quit on Wednesday. I'm like, you know what, I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this was a lot of fun. I'm going to stop at a half a million and go on unemployment. <laughs> but that's not true. But supposing you were making a million dollars a week, even if you were on a regular show and you were making $100,000 a week. Yeah. Eventually, if the show goes into its second season, third season, you become a producer on your show. Yeah. Now you can call your friends and say, hey, guys, come down and work on the show. Uh, you're going to play this guy. You're going to play this guy. Now you're giving your friends the chance that there might be a spinoff or another job. Or if nothing else, you made your SAG insurance, and now you get your Blue Cross and Blue Shield, <laughs> and you can go get a healthy check. <laughs> That's it. But that really is. When you're, when you're a comic, it's, it's the next gig, isn't it? Really? It's, right. It's, yeah. Or for me, going back to where I originally were, yeah. was, but now I feel like I love live performing more than anything. Yeah. The adrenaline. Yeah. Now, last night and the night before, Brad Garrett's hosting the show, and he's letting me close the show. It's got to be a, weird. I mean... It's real weird because you're like, they all came to see him. Right. And he's bringing it. Right. And he put me on stage last night after an hour and a half of stand-up because he put another bunch of guys in the show, which is fine. Yeah. But then he introduces me like, okay, wait till you see this. And I'm backstage going, like, well, come on, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, the shows were going great. And he came back up on stage, and you know how tall this guy is. And I mean, I look like a midget standing next yeah. to him. Yeah. So he goes to everybody, goes, did I tell you? Did I tell you? Yeah. Is this guy on fire or what? Yeah. I'm standing there like, oh, 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 thank you very much. Thank you. Right. And he goes like this. He goes, I know you're doing this wise guy, hitman type show. And, uh, you know, if they would have cut me up, how many boxes you think it would take to put me in a box? <laughs> right, right, right. And I looked at him and I went, I don't know, four. Yeah. And he goes, you knew the answer? <laughs> <laughs> I go, well, right. yeah, I guess I did. <laughs> All right, so that's a good show. When we wind down this, uh, th this program, we always like to end on a bad note. Uh, so, uh, so tell us about one of your favorite hell gigs. That doesn't really uh, No? That's no, 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 I can, but I mean... Uh, yeah. yeah, we're supposed to end on a That's on a not the way I do note. it here. Well, there's a lot of things I do backwards. You know, I, I told a lot, of, a lot of my comedian friends who go over the light, I says, listen, if you bring an audience to a high, you should know in your head you're not going to top that. Right. So no matter where you are, get off. Right. And um, last night and the night before, I actually got off because I was in a certain high yeah. that the people were cheering that I knew I couldn't beat it, so I just said goodnight. I saw Brad come flying around. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> I'm like, hey, man. <laughs> what do you need? Yeah. <laughs> That's all I need. It worked out. That's, so, a, yeah. you, that's you enough. That's enough. Out. Go yeah. ahead. Yeah, you can do some time, right, Brad? You can fill it. See ya. Um, yeah, so share a hell gig with us. One of your favorites. Well, I haven't had, luckily enough, I haven't had hell gigs in, in a long time. Sure. But there was many hell gigs. In fact, in the, in the, in the early days, every gig was probably a hell gig. <laughs> yeah, it sure is. <laughs> you drove it? into a crummy neighborhood and... You didn't make any money. You probably went home thinking, what the hell am I doing this for? This is stupid, you know? But um, I had this one show where the show was really great. It was a great show. Mm -hmm. 
But after the show, I was selling merchandise. And sometimes when you're selling merchandise, you've got to sell pretty quickly because the audience is in a hurry to go to a bar or get drunk or whatever it is. So I was selling some merchandise, and this girl came over, and she's like, sign my boobs, sign my boobs. And I said, listen, you know, I really don't want to sign your boobs. Would you like to buy a DVD? <laughs> I can't charge for boob signing. Yeah. No, come on, please sign my boobs, sign my boobs. And she's blocking the people from buying. So I'm like, all right, look, I really don't want to do this, but you, you're blocking the people from buying my stuff. So I signed the boobs. Yeah. She goes outside. All of a sudden, some dude comes back <laughs> outside. Here we go. And he goes, Jesus. you motherfucker. <laughs> right? And I go, what? He goes, you signed my wife's tits? What the fuck? And he come, backs me into a corner. Everybody's wondering who's going to get their ass kicked. Him or the comedian, which right. is probably going to be me. Sure. Because yeah. the guy is on fire. Yeah. And I just went like this. I'm like, dude, let me ask you a question. Do you think I put your wife against the wall and said, nope, I have to do this. Yeah. This is what I need to do tonight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he looked at me as if to say, well, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. But he was so drunk. Right. And he was so mad. And now he looks stupid in front of everybody. Yeah. He swung. And he uh, swung hard. Shit. Yeah, but he missed me. And I don't know how I came out with an uppercut. Because I haven't thrown a punch in years. <laughs> if I've ever thrown a punch at all. I'm Italian. I call somebody to do that. <laughs> but I got him. Yeah. And he went out. Yeah. And he was a cop. Oh. <laughs> now I'm arrested. Oh. For, for hitting a cop. Yeah. An off-duty police officer. And guess what the fundraiser was for? <laughs> the fire department. Oh, there we go. It's all coming together. Now all of a sudden, there's newspapers out, there's people out, criminal charges being prosecutions. This whole nine yards, comedian knocks out police officer. <laughs> Try telling the cops in that city, well, look, it's not my fault. His wife wanted me to sign her tits. <laughs> I didn't want to sign the tits. <laughs> right. yeah. They were nice. <laughs> Mike Maria, everybody. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I was looking for something where maybe you got heckled from the crowd. I didn't know there was criminal I'd charges. I'd rather get heckled than, than knocked out. <laughs> Unbelievable. Look, uh, if you're in town, you're coming to town this weekend, go see him. Brad Garrett's room. You're not going to be disappointed, I promise you. Uh, if you want to see where uh, Mike's going to be next, uh, keep tabs on all the different projects. Uh, there's the website, mikemarino.net. Uh, thank you very much, Mike. Pleasure. Thank sir. you. Thank you very much. Uh, you guys fun. are great. Thank, thank you, you guys for thank watching. You. We will see you next week. Uh, go to VegasVideoNetwork.com. We might be uh, playing with the showtime a little bit next week. All right. So we will uh, have updates throughout the week. I promise. Bye. Thanks, everybody. Go.